1: Off my lawn! Ah, oh, here we go. I want some butts.
3: He's an old timer that looks like Paul Manafort.
1: I really hope. Oh, really, yeah, I really baby. Woo! I really hoped you'd forget.
3: 56, 56, 56. Woo, yeah. And you're going to have my present is going to be at your house today, okay? And I'm going to okay. just leave it at that, but you'll have it there okay. today. All right, but All right. seriously, happy we'll birthday, man. Good day, man. Thank you. You're the man. I like working Thank with you. you. I don't know why. I guess I'm crazy, but I do like working with you. It's all the marijuana. Uh, yeah, it does kind that. It's You're right. It affects decisions <laughs> <for> sure. <laughs> I, you know, it's
1: funny. I, I uh, you know, it, uh, well, I don't know. It's, uh, hey, it's better than the alternative. I'll take 56 over six feet under. That's right. Uh, so, uh, so thank you for that. And uh, let's just keep moving forward before I say something I'm going to regret. Although, let me say this. I did have a an impulse last night I had an impulse to just kind of tweet out I'm hitting the reset button with anyone out there that started something with me and I responded or maybe I started with them and let's just move forward life's too short I okay. thought about it and I decided not to
3: well oh, I, I was gonna say wait what that's right stick to your guns you're Mike Florio.
1: Why why, why why change now right I'm too old to change right yes yeah too old to change too old to care and I and and look, p- part of part of what we do is we spice things up for the entertainment of the folks out there who are looking for things that they can seize upon to get through some crappy days. And we've had more than our share of crappy days over the last fifteen months. So we're here to provide some diversion, some entertainment, and sometimes a little a little rumble in the jungle. Oh just yeah, to, just to keep folks, you know. Moving forward, yeah, that's it's right. It's been hard to move forward Wait. the past year or so.
3: So, what do we got? What do we got today? Anything like special scheduled?
1: uh no. It's because it's a, it's a Tuesday. I yeah, mean, it's, all it's, right. I gotta work. We gotta work. Copy paste snarky comment. I mean, I was thinking about that earlier. I like what what's today? Well, today's no different than any other day for me. I got no complaints. I I. I'm very happy with where I currently am in my life and have been for a long time. I work at home. I don't have to wear pants. When I wear them, I can wear them backward if I want to, and no one will ever know the difference. (laughs) I I don't go anywhere, which is fine with me. I'm happy to be at home. I'm happy to be around my family. They're not always happy for me to be around, but that's okay. And it's just going to be like any other day. Now, tonight we may have... You know, a little pasta out on the patio, weather permitting, may smoke a cigar, may have some 1942. I good. still got a good, a, an unopened bottle of that downstairs in the basement. That's so, right. Uh, you know, and then tomorrow morning, maybe I won't show up. <laughs> maybe I'll end up on Jerry Jones' bus by hey. the time it's all said. Well,
3: that would be awesome. It'll, it'll, it'll tell me you, you know, you lived, you lived your 56th birthday like you, you did it right. Well, so or didn't yeah, <laughs> or <laughs> you're gone. Yeah, either way, yeah. Uh, yeah. but that, that's good. I know you're, you're gonna do something on the patio. I'm for sure going to get it. I do
1: something on the patio anyway. I know you would. I know. That would. I know hour that's why it's night. really
3: you're right. When you said it's no different. It's like, yeah, there is no days off. You were trying to explain like your birthday on a Tuesday mattered. I want to be like, if it was on a Saturday or Sunday, I don't think it would have mattered either. You'd still have that freaking computer attached to your face. You wouldn't go in your pool and it'd be copy paste, copy paste, snarky comment. So it doesn't matter. You're La- right. <laughs>
1: last night I walked outside of the laptop at seven 30 and walked back in at 11. And it was awesome. And it was perfect out. You know, it, it, it's great temperature. It, this, It's it's taken a while to get to the point where it's warm at night. Like it's been getting cold. Yeah, at right. Night right. Until now. So now All it's right. good. All good. good. Everything good. No complaints. Everything's fine. Thank you for that. I'll, I'll be looking forward to my. You will be. My. Uh,
3: my box of hand rolled. You, you will be. It's not, a, it's a not good Cuban one. Cigars, I'm not going to lie. Cigars. It's a good gift. Right. I'm proud of myself on this one. Like, I really I, am. So, you're, well, you're we'll going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll get a tattoo today. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's you don't have to go that far and get my initials on you yet. It's okay. Don't do that. No,
1: I'm getting uh, Kyle Shenane's. Uh,
3: <laughs> you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: All right. <laughs> or, or maybe I'll get A, period, R. Period. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, a little AR a little action? Underneath in quotes, don't waste your time reading oh, that that,
3: crap. Oh, that would be great. That would be amazing. Yes, I would love
1: That's that. today's top story. Don't waste your time G-
2: reading, uh, reading crap like
1: that. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> I got to get the quote right. Don't waste your time reading crap like that. You know, I, I thought of this yesterday, too. We've got this Playmakers book that comes out next March. Pre-sale will be available very soon. And and I, I I I've noticed that like part of the convention when you're gonna put a book out is you go out and, and tap on the shoulders of some of your friends who don't read the book but give you a quote about how great it is but they yeah. clearly don't read it right. they just you know they and you put it on the back as if that's gonna close the deal uh, you pick up the book hmm should I buy this you flip it over. And there's a bunch of people that maybe you've never even heard of, yeah. and they're saying how great the book is. Like, oh, okay, well, now I'm sold. So I'm thinking about, for the back jacket of playmakers, one quote, don't waste your time reading crap like that, Aaron Rodgers. I, I like you. are right. I'm thinking that that's going to be the back jacket of the book. It's
3: going to get more people's attention than the other things you talked about, and it fits you. I think it is. It's a Pete Pete is saying it's perfect. It is perfect. I, I actually like the idea. You might actually get a few more, you know, clicks or buys or whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, with a quote buys. like that it's in the buys. back. I, like I don't that. want clicks. Oh. no, I don't want. Well, clicks. they might be clicking clicks. on like Amazon to buy it. You know, it's one of those type of things. But yes, I'm I want buying. money. Yeah, we, I want oh, money. I'm yeah. a capitalist. Thank you. I
1: want to sell, 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 sell. Winthorpe sell pete says he's (laughs) gonna buy it now that it's gonna have that aaron Rodgers quote on the back which is good pete because you ain't on the list to get a free one all right let's get to it (laughs) yeah Rodgers, eat it pete (laughs) reportedly not expected to attend packers mandatory minicamp barring some sort of a change just enough weasel words in there i don't mean that in a pejorative way although i don't know when you ever use weasel words in a non-pejorative way but there's just enough Of a safe harbor in the report from NFL media. Expected to not show up, barring a change of heart. Look, I think Aaron Rodgers likes this mystery, the beautiful mystery. He wants people talking about him, and then he wants to be able to say, Why are you talking about me? That's the way it is. Reminds me of when Elaine had the Botticelli shoes. She liked it because everybody was talking about him and they wanted to know where she got him, and then she got pissed off when people were talking about her shoes and wanted to know where she got him. That's Aaron Rodgers in a nutshell. He wants us all talking about him, and he wants to be upset that we're all talking about him. So, it can't, it can't be a clean answer, right, Chris? It's got to be not expected to attend, barring some sort of a change of heart. So we'll keep paying attention. Ooh, is he going to show up? He's not expected to. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Let's see. So I don't know. I, I guess he's not going to, and the cheeseheads are going to lose their
3: minds. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't expect him to show. I don't. I mean, why would anybody else really expect him? I mean, with the way this offseason's gone, I, I just I, I don't see it. You know, I just think with Aaron Rodgers, But I love my teammates. I love the coaches. I love the fans. Like
1: at some point suck it up. I was telling Rich Eisen yesterday, we all got a problem with the boss at some level, not us of course, but I mean, you know, people show up for work every day and they don't like the boss. But I like my coworkers. I like what I do. Yeah, I got issues with management. They haven't given me a raise in 15 months and I need more money and I want this and I don't like where my office is and But I I love my workplace. Yeah. So I I just think it shows that all that stuff's BS. Well, I I don't I'm not gonna buy
3: that. I'm not gonna say that it's BS. I, I think it's real, you know, because like what you said there too, to your point is like, okay, yeah, you know, I love my job, I love all those things. Yeah, we all have our problems with our boss. But you know, I think he feels like the bosses lied to him. The bosses have been trying to replace him behind his back or trying to push him out the door. So, yeah, he doesn't love the bosses at all and he is uncomfortable, I think in a totality as far as being there in Green Bay about where he is and where's his place in the organization for the next few years. I can understand that. I have sympathy for that without a doubt. I understand. I get frustrated with the cryptic part of all of this at times too, but I think this is real too. I don't think this is one where I could just, you know, you know, like we all like I say swipe it under the rug and just be like, "Oh, that's all right. No big deal. I'll forget about it." No, I think there's a lot of circumstances that have gone on here that have led him to have a chap butt. And he's going to just kind of <laughs> wait this out and let like the storm <laughs> fizzle a little bit so he can go to training camp and make that first day to answer some questions, and then he won't be available for three or four weeks. And he's hoping like it all just kind of melts and fades away. But do we
1: think that this is a precursor to him not showing up for training camp. If you're going to show up for training camp, why not be there for the mandatory minicamp? Why are you skipping yeah. that?
3: Because I think he just looks at it like this is not a necessity for them to necessarily be a great team or do anything like that. I think he can he can swallow the pill of, okay, I'm going to miss three days of mandatory minicamp. I'm going to miss a few meetings, some seven-on-seven sessions, and some routes with air. All right, well, I'll make up for that in July when I get the receivers to my house or whatever else, and so we throw the footballs then. I, I would be shocked like where where I'm I'd be more I'd be shocked today to see him at Mandatory minicamp. but I also will be even more shocked if he pulls this kind of shenanigans for training camp uh, when that comes because I, I do I do think that that's a time where, yeah, the scrutiny will get real. He will have a fan base that'll start to get pissed at him you will start to filter into the locker room and the coaches once you get into training camp, and now you're missing and you're messing with the team and you're messing with the year. That's when, like, the stuff that you talk about, I think it get very real for Rodgers to where he can feel that pressure, and that's where he's definitely going to be there, at least in my thought. Cumulative fine of
1: $93,085 under the CBA if Aaron Rodgers misses all three days of the mandatory minicamp. That's a number that applies to any player under contract who misses all three days of the annual mandatory minicamp. He's already given up $500,000 in a workout bonus because he needed to be present for 85% of the off-season program to get that. That was gone by the time he landed in Hawaii. So no $500,000. The $93,000, now the difference is that's money out of your pocket. Yes, it is. It's one thing to say I could earn $500,000 and I choose not to. It's another thing to have to write a check or have money deducted from That's how your game it.
0: checks. Right.
1: And and the Packers have not decided whether or not to find him. Yeah. That could be yeah. an olive branch. But look, I don't know how interested they are in extending olive branches. I go back to Mark Murphy's gratuitous right turn in responding to a fan question that didn't even ask about Aaron Rodgers when he says the Aaron Rodgers situation has divided our fan base and we've decided not to say anything publicly about it you know except the fact that it's divided our fan base and uh I I don't know are they inclined to do this guy any favors he's technically in violation of his contract by not showing up for mandatory minicamp technically now he's got a broader contract with the union in the league under the CBA that allows him to not show up if he's willing to pay the 93 grand, but you know, I don't know. I don't know who makes that call as to whether or not they fine him, but I assume Mark Murphy is far more involved in these decisions than anyone realizes.
3: I would think so. I think that is a kind of a Mark Murphy, you know, president of football operations, GM conversation type of decision there on what to do. And I mean, you're right. The five hundred thousand dollars workout bonus. Okay, yes, that was the, you. You had to earn that. This is one where, again, it's ninety-three thousand dollars. We know that's a lot of damn money. But for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, it's not something like you said. He doesn't have to write a check. It's oh, the week one check you get Aaron Rodgers that is for two million will now be for you know one hundred and and you know, ninety thousand or nine hundred thousand instead. That's where it's going to be different. So that's not going to make or break Aaron Rodgers, or nor is he going to care. But I think, like at least in my experience in these type of cases, where it's not just a mid-level player trying to make a point or something like this, star players, the star player, more times than not, they don't get fined in these situations by their football team. And I would think that this is one that Green Bay is probably going to be careful about not to ruffle his feathers a little bit more and I don't think we'll really get the answer to this till training camp, right? Whether they really want to take or make that, we don't know. When do we know? Go ahead. Yeah, tell me. Here's the thing. Yeah,
1: under the CBA that was newly agreed to by the league and the union last year, right, fifty thousand dollars per day for skipping training camp must be paid. That must be Cannot paid. That's be paid, That's right. waived. Right. Now, I look. You can always find ways to legitimately funnel money back to a guy. You can just give him a raise at the end of the year or during the year for the two million dollars that he lost in fines for staying away from training camp. But it's not as clean and easy as it used to no. be when you just say, "Okay, fine, you held out, you came back. We're not gonna, we're not gonna charge you this money." They have to charge Aaron Rodgers. And now he doesn't care about fifty thousand a day either. This is about proving his point, and and maybe he look chris may, maybe he really is willing to sit out willing to not either be prepared for the season or not show up for the season maybe he's sufficiently pissed at the green bay packers organization the corporation not the coaches not the teammates but the 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 structure of the of the team of the franchise that he he isn't going to show up and i still think that that look, look what's what's going to happen this week. Jordan Love,
3: yeah, he's get more reps. He's a starting right.
1: quarterback, right? Let's get him ready. I I still think that if I'm Mark Murphy, this guy's been a pain in my ass for years now, especially behind the scenes, all the stuff we don't know about. Hey, he, he doesn't want to be here. Fine, we'll take thirty five million out of his pockets, or it's a combination of taking money back and not paying him fourteen point seven million dollars salary and six point eight million roster bonus that he's earned but he gets week by week during the season. But by the time you take signing bonus and not pay all the other stuff, it is over $30 million. We'll take that. We'll reinvest it. We'll get Jordan Love ready. He'll be the bad guy because he didn't show up. We're constantly saying we want him here. We love Aaron Rodgers. We we want him back. He's our guy. He's our guy. And, uh, you know, expectations are reduced. This year isn't a great year for us unless Jordan Love ends up being great right out of the gates. And then 2022, we trade Aaron Rodgers for maximum compensation, and we move forward. I, I just, I don't know that that's that bad of an outcome when the alternative is to give in to Aaron Rodgers and abandon your plan to develop Jordan Love as a successor.
3: Well, okay. I mean, you don't have to give in. I mean, they're not giving in right now, right? But well, what's he want?
1: What's, but that's what I'm yeah, saying. Right. The alternative okay. is right. giving in. Yeah. For, so if the alternative is giving in,
3: okay, yeah. then
1: fine. Stay away. Give us $35 million. Let us get Jordan Love ready. We'll trade you for multiple first round picks plus in March and we move forward and Jordan Love is another year more prepared by the time twenty twenty two rolls around. My point is that's door number one. We don't know what door number two is. No, we don't. We still right. don't know exactly what he wants. We he wants Brian Gutekunst fired and he's never rebutted that. Well, that's a non starter. So I, I, I just I don't know what it takes at this point.
3: We know he to wants commitment. We know that. We know. I mean but, but I
1: think it's too late for that. It might I think, be. I got a feeling. I got a feeling they he gave them a chance to do it, right? And now he wants more than that. Yeah,
3: listen, I, I understand. Like you know, your hardball scenario with that, and like not wanting to bend or do something like that, and do something drastic to where, yeah, it ruins your plans for the next two or three years because you bend to you know, like you're saying, some guy that's been a pain in a butt or a thorn in our side or whatever that is. But, but at the same time, it's still a delicate matter here. And I got to think they got to be a little worried about, you know, having an egg on their face here with this situation, too. So it, 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 it is Aaron Rodgers. He is the leader of the football team. He's the best player on the football team. And he's the reason we talk about you being in the Super Bowl window. You know, when you do things and treat a guy like that, it goes, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it permeates throughout the locker room that, that people will feel those shockwaves. Whoa, that's how they treat the best player, the star, those things. That So these are all things that, you know, Mark Murphy and them have to be, you know, realizing that could happen here if they want to play this hardball game with Rodgers and never bend, let alone, again, you know, they're they're playing the risk of, yeah, all right, do we really want to tell Rodgers, you know, screw off, we're not bending or doing anything in your favor here, and roll the dice with Jordan Love? I think that's got to be a scary thing, too. I mean, now... You know, yes, people might not like Aaron Rodgers, but if Green Bay, like we talked about yesterday, starts Jordan Love and they go six and eleven, and it looks shaky, well, it, there's only going to be one person that the Green Bay fans are going to be pissed at after that. They're going to go, "What? We we did this for this?" And that's to me where you know Rodgers does have a little power, and I think he knows that. I think he knows that Gutenkoost and Murphy just don't think this guy's ready yet, and that's where he has a little bit power in, in his own corner there. But they had to have known. They knew or should have known that right. this is the path
1: that they were embarking on I know. when That's they traded up to draft Jordan Love. They saw something in their pre-draft study, and they would privately say, well, it wasn't like a, a, a master plan like the Chiefs had to go get Patrick Mahomes. Right. This just kind of Kinda unfolded happened, right? on draft night. Right. We wanted Justin Jefferson. Vikings got him. We wanted Brandon Ayuk. up, 49ers traded up to 25 to get him. Well, they scrambled. I don't know whether they panicked. I mean, e- either way, it's not a good look. No, either that's right. Either they already had a flow chart where it was like, all right, Justin Jefferson, then Brandon Ayuk, then Jordan Love, or they freaked out when the 49ers went from 31 to 25 and decided, oh, crap, we better go from 30 to 26 to get this quarterback that we want if the two receivers we covered aren't there I, I can't believe that's where they just that's weird pulled that logic. out of their butts right. the night of the draft. They had to have known that this was on the radar screen because you think through all the options. That's why the teams do mock drafts. What happens if these are the first 29? What if these are the first 29? What if these are the first 29? What's our option? What's our option? What's our option? And their third option was go get Jordan Love. So I, I look at it this way, and, and I've said this before. The fact that they could have used the 30th overall pick and the fourth round pick they packaged to go get Jordan Love on two different players who could have helped them beat the Buccaneers, beat the Chiefs, win the Super Bowl. The fact that they got Jordan Love instead should at some level make them more determined to prove that he's the right guy. to prove that they did the right thing, Sure, to prove that he can be a franchise quarterback and the successor to Aaron Rodgers.
3: But, I mean, I I think you're right. The problem is there is the coaches, I don't think, were involved in this, and they have nothing to prove. That's the other part of this. So the front office did this on their own by all accounts. I think you and I have heard enough to think that that's what went down, at least, that the the coaches weren't like, hey, let's – it's time to think about replacing Rodgers. Let's trade up. And it was not a coach's decision. So they're not all in on this. And so they're not invested in this either. So and, and of course, they're invested into, wait, we want to win games so we can keep our job. Oh, that's right. That guy number 12 does best in that. So let's keep him around. Hey, that's Aaron Rodgers. He's the heart and soul of our team. I hope he's back. That's right. Because that's how they feel. And like the way you explain the draft and everything like that, either way, it's just not an acceptable answer. You know, oh, you wanted the receivers. They weren't there. So, wait, we decided to trade up to get a quarterback? The receivers weren't there? I mean, that's where I just don't understand it. I mean, and then, of course, there was other good receivers on the board. Still, if they just stayed where they were. I mean, T. Higgins is pretty good. Michael Pittman Jr. is pretty good. Chase Claypool, pretty good. I mean, so that's where it doesn't even make sense that way to me uh, from a football standpoint let alone the way they handled it and all of those type of things. And I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, it's a crazy situation. Could have traded down, right. gotten
1: extra lottery tickets, and even more players who could have potentially helped the team right. get past the Buccaneers and beat the Chiefs if they had beaten the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. Look, I. I th- there has been within the Packers organization for several years now an element of dysfunction, and I don't know who's to blame for it. I don't know. The one constant, well, two constants, yeah, has been Aaron Rodgers and Mark Murphy. Yeah, that's right. And, and and Chris, let, let, let me remind everyone of this. Mm-hmm. After Tyler Dunn published, and at the time he was with Bleacher Report. That's right, yep. He's, he's now got his own thing. I think it's go long. I think I, so. I, I Tyler's right a good guy. Address. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I know him from my guy. days there. Yep. Long article delving into the relationship between Rogers and Mike McCarthy, right. who at the time had been fired and everyone was trying to figure out what went wrong. Great article, a lot of stuff in there. And one of the things that Mark Murphy said, I think it was even a quote in the article or in the aftermath of the article, he was kind of happy. He thought, hey, you know, if this gets some people around here pissed off, that may be good for us. And that always stuck with me because... I think at some level, he's the mad scientist stirring the pot, thinking that, hey, if if this Jordan Love thing gets Aaron Rodgers a little more pissed off, maybe that's going to be good for us. And I just think that... You can only push the buttons and pull the strings of a guy like Aaron Rodgers for so long before he figures out he's being manipulated, before he figures out you're concocting reasons to get him upset, and he's going to turn that on you, not on the circumstance. He's going to turn it on you and say, screw you. And I think that's one of the reasons why this is blown up in their faces. And, And at some level, you know, we've said, why are they treating Aaron Rodgers like this? He's never been wishy-washy he's never done the Brett Favre of will I or won't I retire he's never held the franchise hostage that way no but he's been a chronic pain in their ass yes he has. behind the scenes sure and at a certain point you've had enough of that too
3: yeah I, I mean I listen I, I get it you know I, I mean most star players are a little bit of a pain in the butt there's no doubt and Rodgers yeah I, I mean I think Rodgers has felt somewhat at least on the outside looking in if I'm him disrespected probably for a number of years I, I just look at it that way, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, between, you know, some of the offense that he's been involved in, you know, lack of creativity, you know, I was saying that a few years ago, I mean, the offense, it was a fifth grade offense, you know, the, the other good teams in football were, you know, in, in advanced geometry and there was Aaron Rodgers running slant flat and double slant. And, oh, Aaron, they know we're running, but just throw a rifle in there and just get it in there. Oh, okay, coach, no problem. I mean, so he feels that way. They've never gone all in on him in any capacity, really at any angle. I mean, I mean, damn, we almost broke the internet. When they free agency, they signed Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. Holy crap, we've never seen them do that. I mean, all those things, I think, through the years, probably have piled up on him, and then there he goes wait, you've done nothing, but I keep us in the playoff hunt and Super Bowl relevant every year. I take a nice contract. Yeah, I'm a pain in the butt, and I've complained, but then all of a sudden you do this, and I think that's where it just all came to a head, to where he's like, wait, they didn't tell me. I had no idea. I was still playing good. They traded up. We were just in the NFC Championship game. We wasted it on that. I think all of those things, it's just all funneled to this point in this situation to where he's pissed, but I will say I just would be absolutely shocked if he still missed training camp. I just think because of all the things we've talked about and how hyper-aware he is and everything, and I, I just can't imagine him giving up a year of football right now with as good as he's playing and still knowing that this team is damn good. It's not great, but it's damn good.
1: One other factor, and I'm reluctant to mention it, but it's something that I know the packers are considering are factoring into their overall thought process look he's got a fiance she's got influence i'm not even going to try to pronounce her first name because shil- i'm going shil- to get it wrong Shailene? is it Sh- Shailene woodley is it shaylene or Shailene i is think it's it shaylene it i've been Pete? saying
3: shaylene for a long e- either time way, but i'm either sorry way. if i'm wrong well
1: well well known actress not nearly well known enough by us to get her first name right by that but but look the the, the 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 partner has say has a say and no doubt ha, and 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 again is that right is that right no it doesn't matter partner has a say that's right and I'm not putting any blame on anybody I'm just saying that's a wild card in the relationship that is still fairly new for the Packers to have to deal with and if she's all in with Screw them, and I can't believe they did to you what they did to you, and put you through that with this Jordan Love thing. and didn't even bother to give you a phone call. I mean, if she's all in with the yes, you should be upset and you shouldn't go, and oh by the way, I got plenty of money too, so we don't got to worry about you not playing football for a year. If she's all in with that, it's more likely to go one way. If she's saying, do you really have you really thought this through? I mean, haven't we all been there at some point?
3: Definitely, with a spouse.
1: I've been yeah. married almost twenty-seven years. Right are are you re- have you really thought this through you know I mean when you start getting questions like that it's like hmm, maybe you're right yeah Shailene. yes shalene thank yeah. you
3: Pete no you're, so but you're right I, I,
1: that, that's but I know the packers are like well, I, I you know we don't know is that gonna is that gonna well, maybe it already is, and maybe it's going to be a factor when the time comes to show up for training camp.
3: Well, you always got to take, you know, the 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 misses, the significant other, the wife, you know, into into you know account. There's no doubt that's they're part of the situ the situation, the problem solving. I certainly never made like a decision in my career without talking about it with my wife and letting her know so she can let me know her feelings about wanting to live there do anything like that i mean it is it is part of the game hey my dad here's a funny story he was he was thinking about signing with the cleveland browns and bill belichick he told my mom you know maybe you should start looking for high schools in cleveland and everything for christopher and the schools and the kids and my mom said oh no honey we'll 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 just come and see the home games and then, you know, we'll just see you You can come home in the bye week. And that was kind of the, that was kind of the end of the Cleveland discussion. I mean, I think that made my dad (laughs) go like, whoa, okay, wait, so you guys aren't going to move out there with me. All right. And then, you know, I think that did, he still went out there for a visit, but it was something in the back of his mind where he was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this or not. So that is a real situation. uh, But hopefully she can realize too. At the end of the, I think this is a thing where if he sits out a year He's going to look back at this in 10 years from now in his life and go, I shouldn't have done that. I'm mad I did that. I was playing too good of football, and I shouldn't have wasted that year of my last few five or six years of my career, you know, wasting it away because they screwed me over. Uh, and and I, I, I always come back to that thought too.
1: Peter King made the suggestion here on Friday and reduced it to writing in Football Morning in America that the two sides should come together and agree that Aaron Rodgers will play one more year for the Packers yeah. and they'll trade him after the season. I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I think it makes a ton of sense. I think it's very logical. I just have a feeling it's four months too late. I, I just think that it's too late, that that bridge is going to take more more repair work than to say we'll trade you after the season because I think Aaron would sit and say, well, you're going to trade me anyway after the season. I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. I'll make you trade me next year. I'll sit out all of this year, and I'll just show up at a time when you've moved on, and of course you're going to trade me at that point. So I I, I just think that this this game of four dimensional chess is not going to be easily won by the Packers at this point, especially because I, you know, look, I think staying away from the mandatory minicamp is is as significant as staying away from training camp, because when have we seen a franchise quarterback ever? not show up for the mandatory minicamp. When's that ever happened? Yeah. Franchise quarterbacks show up for offseason workouts all the time. Russell Wilson, as unhappy as he is right. with the Seattle Seahawks, he's there yeah. with bells on, right. getting ready, setting aside his personal feelings and recognizing, yeah. I got a legacy on the line. I got to get ready for the season. Right. I'm there. They got their mandatory minicamp next year. He's there for a week of OTAs before the mandatory minicamp. So there's still a competitive element to this. Definitely. that gets undermined and uh, uh you know Aaron Rodgers sabotaging himself and indirectly the sure. team by not being there and being prepared so i think it's it's extremely it's significant, significant it, not is. There. it is
3: it is you i'm not going to like you know downplay it i'm i'm not but i don't think it's it's not training camp significant i will say that that there is a difference but for yes a franchise quarterback these type of players like Rodgers Brady's whatever the Mahomes the Josh Allen's they they're there any chance they can get, they're always around the facility. Oh, it's minicamp. It's OTAs. I didn't know I'm here. I mean, I came to work. All right. That's just the way those guys are wired. So it is not within like his his natural way to want to stay away from this type of thing. But unlike the Russell Wilson situation, you know, Russell Wilson wasn't secretly, you know, being planned against behind closed doors to be replaced and then not being told about anything or anything like that after he brought them to the NFC Championship game. And that, to me, is just, when you lay it out like that, I mean, gosh, it, just, it sounds weird coming out of your mouth. It sounds weird when I say it. I go, D- did I say that right? Did I say that right? Wait, a guy who was like 26-4, and 13-3, NFC Championship game, without a doubt one of the five best players in football, They didn't tell him they were going to draft a quarterback, and they tried to replace him. It's insane. So we could say, yeah, when has a franchise quarterback ever done, you know, missed a minicamp? I can also go, when the hell have we ever seen a franchise do this to a quarterback to the stature of Aaron Rodgers? So it it goes both ways here for sure.
1: Plenty of blame to go around. That's for damn sure. And here's the other side of it too, Chris. Rodgers isn't there to face the music from the media. So – Everybody else is going to have to. I've made that point before. Yeah, I know. At a certain point, the teammates will start rolling their eyes privately among themselves. What the hell? Yeah, I, I got to go. I got to go do this Zoom thing. Yeah, it's my turn. God, how many? What's the over/under on questions I'm going to get about about Aaron? Oh, three and a half. Well, I got five of them. You know, I, I they're going to ask about Aaron because he's not there to speak for himself. So others are going to have to speak for him and. um you know, again, we can blame the team. We can blame Aaron Rodgers. Ultimately, you blame the circumstance. Quarterback not there and the others who are there trying to get ready for the season have to deal with all the questions. That's another part of this too. Now, I don't know what kind of gift baskets or, or handwritten notes or text messages Aaron Rodgers has sent to his teammates to get them to feel good about carrying this burden,
3: but they're going to have to carry it. Because he didn't show up to carry it himself. Yeah, they're going to have to deal with the, it this weekend. That's for yeah. sure. You're right. Now, it, it, it will like uh, to your point, it will wear on the team and the players if we get in the training camp, and now it's like a weekend and he hasn't been there. That's where players are starting to go, oh, here we go. Oh, I'm going to a press conference, right? Nobody really wants to talk about me. I'm going to have to talk about the quarterback. Okay. I have to talk about that situation. Let me be careful about what I say. Let me make sure I don't piss off the coaches at the front office. Well, that wears on players and, and, for sure. And, and, and Rodgers will be, I think, aware of that too.
1: Think of the stress that it introduces for the player who is asked, on one hand, about Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, about Jordan Love. So, is Aaron going to be mad at me because I said all those good things about Jordan Love? Well, what if Jordan Love's going to be my quarterback this year? He's doing well. I got to say, he's doing well. I want him to like me too. Yeah. I mean, the players on offense, the guys who have to run the pass routes and catch the football, right. and rely upon the quarterback to distribute the football to them, they're going to be caught in a hell of a dilemma. Chris, as a practical matter, well, whose ass do I kiss harder here?
3: Yeah. Well, right? they they know they know to kiss the ass of the king, and that's number twelve. Okay, so the king, but what? but you're right. What? They gotta, they we've gotta be careful. Seen,
1: we've already seen guys like Aaron Jones. Yes, that's come out where I was going praise with Jordan. Love. Exactly,
3: and that's how they'll praise him, right? He's so much more comfortable, right? It's not going to be about like, whoa, look at what he's doing. He's out here throwing lasers because that would be like a challenge to Rodgers. It's going to be more about like he's so much cooler, more comfortable. He's more confident in the offense. He knows where he's going with the ball. Those are the praises, the pr- type of praise you're going to hear from Jordan Love. They'll know not to cross over to go. Man, he looks amazing out here. Our offense hasn't missed a beat, and Jordan Love is throwing just dimes. That's where they know they're going to have to, you know, make sure they don't piss off the king uh, by saying stuff like that. So when the question is, how does Jordan Love compare to Aaron Rodgers, the answer will be, I'm
1: sorry, I didn't hear the question. Can you repeat it? How does Jordan Love compare to Aaron Rodgers? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the question. Can you repeat it? And just keep saying that over and over again until they
3: move on. Well, that, that will be the strategy. Well, or you're just, you're just going to go, well, come on. You, know, you, you say something like you well, Aaron Rodgers is you know, the NFL MVP. Jordan Love is doing some really good things out here, and we're excited about what we see. But you know let's pump the brakes before we start comparing them to Aaron Rodgers or something like that, they could say that, and that would be a nice compliment about Jordan Love. It's not disrespecting Rodgers, and you're also, you know, not not lying or, or bullcrap in that way either. Here's the bottom line. Yeah, the Green Bay Packers
1: Corporation is going to continue to thrive. It thrived through 20 years of SH-T football from 72 (laughs) to 92. They still filled up Lambeau Field. They still had a waiting list longer than most people's lifetimes. They will get past this. The Green Bay Packers will endure. The Cheeseheads will not go rotten. This is the way it is. And at some point, they were bound to separate from Aaron Rodgers. So Mark Murphy, who's been entrusted with the keys to the franchise, I just think at some point, You say it's in the best interest of the team to move on from this guy who has been a low-key cancer for the past few years on what we're trying to do because we run the team. We manage the team. The players play. He has thought that he has transcended that, and maybe other quarterbacks in other cities have, but they haven't done it here, and we're not letting them do it here, and if he doesn't see that, then he doesn't belong here, and I think it just makes it easier to justify the hard line and the secret hope. That he doesn't show
3: up. He's like, I know. Well, we've done everything. But, you know, like, he's I got can't. He's a year. I and he won't show up. But, it's not on us. I know. You're right. But see, I can't get behind some of that stuff there. Like, yeah, he's a pain in the butt, but he hasn't gotten involved. He doesn't complain when they never draft anybody on offense or never sign anybody in free agency. We don't know that. Well, we don't know that publicly. Okay. He hasn't done it publicly. Usually, if he is pissed off about stuff like that, there's something cryptic said or something. He didn't do that. So that's also more reason to where he's just feels cheated, been cheated, in my opinion, and, and all of those things. And and that's where it's uh, a crazy situation. But uh, I'm looking at it from the perspective yeah, of the Packers, yeah, though. I all got the you. decisions
1: and their attitude that led them to this point. Yeah, I get it. They're looking at it that th- way. The next natural yeah. step is, screw this guy. Yeah. We've had enough. Right. And and, and there's an easy way to do this. We know we're going to trade him next March. We don't have to tell anybody that. We don't have to say that publicly. We're going to trade him in March. But for now, if you don't want to show up, fine. Don't show up. Be the bad guy on the way out the door. Give us back $35 million. Let us say, well, hey, you know, Jordan Love, he didn't get much chance last year, so folks, don't expect much. The bar needs to be 6-11 and for this team, but this is an investment in the future. And if you're not happy with the fact that we're 6-11, and number 12 is the one to go talk to because he's under contract for this year. He's breaching that contract by not showing up. That I just think that... Regardless of whether we agree with that position, that's to me the next logical step in what we've seen the Packers already do.
3: If they if they don't want to give more, or if they just yeah, if Rogers is asking for more uh, and, and wants something in return, I understand that position. I I I mean I get it. I do. It's risky, like we mentioned, but. I just think Rodgers is too smart and aware. And he's, I mean, $35 million is still $35 million. I just can't imagine him giving that up along with all the other football stuff we've talked about. Hey, it's better for us if he shows up. It's better for us if
1: he's upset and everything he says this year can be analyzed for whatever the message is to Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, or someone else in the organization. I mean, that will be high drama. That will be borderline Shakespearean if he shows up.
3: Uh, so I hope he does. Oh, of I course. I mean, I want him there. I want him to get. I want him to, for all the sound bites. And of course, I want to see him throwing lasers around the field. I hope he's pissed off and throwing balls everywhere. So that's 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 the best Aaron Rodgers like we saw last year. So I'm excited for that. It'll be a better football season if he's playing. Yes, and the, and drama the ultimate is outcome, there. yeah. Paul Crew and the Warden go pick up the football
1: <laughs> or the Lombardi Trophy and shove it into the midsection of Mark Murphy and say, "Stick this in your trophy case and walk off into the sunset." So I, I that would be the ultimate capper to this if Rodgers shows up. So that's what that's what we're, that's what we're rooting for. That's what we're rooting for. We want him to show up, but for this week barring something unforeseen he's not expected to show up and we'll see if that unforeseen thing happens when we return the not really unforeseen thing happened the other day julio jones got traded to the titans does julio jones and a.j brown instantly become the best receiving duo in the nfl we'll take that question up next on pft live
0: What if millions of Black Americans had been compensated for slavery? Join me, Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only Black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of Black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Mike, happy birthday. Big day. You outlasted Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. The only guy you haven't outlasted yet is Tom Brady, and yet somehow you guys both seem to be getting better with age and growing more hair with age. So I don't know exactly how that works, but keep it up. Happy birthday. All the best.
2: Mike, welcome to the Sage. I have waited three months for this. We are now the same age
1: again. So, happy birthday to you. I hope Chris is a little nicer to you than he usually
2: is. Then again, maybe not. Happy birthday.
3: That was very nice to them. That was very nice. I mean, that is the I last time you're here compared to Tom Brady. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Holy cow. What's wrong with that? I don't know. I don't know.
1: Uh, All I know is I had at least some gray hairs when I was 43. Um, (laughs) You had some, yeah. Avocado ice cream does not make your hair darker. I've tried it. Uh, Whether you rub it on your hair or eat it, it doesn't work. Okay. Uh, Julio Jones arrived at the Tennessee Titans facility yesterday. Exciting times. Ooh, private jet. Here's the thing, though. Look, look Look at this guy is you know just a professional athlete if i'm john robinson i'm not leaning in for a hug with this guy i'm not standing next to julio jones (laughs) because it just points out to everybody one of these guys is in great shape and the other one is not that was the first thing i thought of when i saw that i'm not going near julio jones with a camera around Uh, that guy
3: he (laughs) is in great shape oh he is a specimen of specimens i mean he really is first off great luggage I, love, I mean, that's when you know you're a real star. When they sign you or trade and then they send the personal team jet for you, that's when you know you're like in the upper stratosphere of players in the NFL. And John Robinson's cool. He's the kind of guy he could check his ego. He's like, I've been around these studs all my life. I'm not a stud. They are. Who cares what I look like? He's all about football. But, like, Mike, Julio, I saw him on the field. In the 2009 National Championship game when they were playing Texas, right? I was on the field for pregame out in the Rose Bowl. And I can remember seeing him out there. And it was one of those moments, just like I've had. You've heard me with Calais Campbell, where I just looked at him and I went, oh my gosh, that's Julio Jones. That's a receiver built like that? Muscles popping out everywhere. I mean, he is a specimen of specimens, no doubt.
1: Meanwhile, I have this image of Pat Boland sending a Piper Cub to pick you up when you signed with the Broncos. <laughs> the taxi. Or they sent me a yellow
3: a yellow taxi. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was nothing sent for me. <laughs>
1: now, Corey Davis was a top-10 pick of the Tennessee Titans. They didn't pick up the fifth-year option. I saw someone point out, and this was one of those, like, man, I wish I would have thought of it. They could have had Corey Davis on a fifth-year option. I think it was Mike Sando of The Athletic. Corey Davis's fifth-year option actually would have been more than what Julio Jones is making this year uh, with his $15.3 million contract. How
3: much of an upgrade do we anticipate Julio Jones to be over Corey Davis? Uh, I I mean, I think significant because Julio Jones is a guy that just is like we've talked about what he can do after the catch, you know, what he can do before the snap. He's one of those guys, oh, it's one-on-one, I'm going to him. And as we mentioned yesterday, he's also one of those guys, oh, he's covered, but it doesn't really matter. I can throw it up to him, and he'll still catch it. That's where it, he's almost unstoppable in that manner when it comes to one-on-one coverage. He's just a, a, a little bit of a different beast than Corey Davis.
1: Here's how I look at it, too. If Corey Davis was Julio Jones, you pick up the fifth-year option. Hey, well, there you, you go. You're, 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 not, you're not in a situation where you have to trade for Julio Jones. Exactly. You already have... A future Julio Jones, a guy who was drafted higher than Julio Jones when he came out of Western Michigan, I think it was. So, uh, yeah, he he would still be there, and he would probably be under his second contract right now, not his fifth-year option.
3: Yeah, exactly right. Corey Davis is a good route runner. You want him on your football team. He's a high-end number two. But like we talked about yesterday, Tennessee's going with, no, we got a high-end number one, a high-end number one, and maybe the number one running back in football too. And then we got a quarterback who's damn good and can throw the ball down the field and is aggressive and all that. And that's where I get really excited about that formula. Again, like we talked about yesterday, they're going to put defenses in a real bind. You know, it, it's rare to have a team that can run the ball like that and have two options on the outside that are truly game changers. And that's, I think the beauty of the trade altogether because, yeah, you can get away with one guy on the outside and, oh, we're going to shade the safety over there to protect our corner, but we can bring down the other safety and help out in the run game a little bit and do that. Now you're going to have to think about, think twice with both of those guys, and that's where it's, it's very interesting.
1: All right, so let's fill in the blank. Receiving duos. First topic, the best receiver duo in the NFL as of right now is who, Chris? It, it's,
3: I, I, it's hard for me to not say them. I mean, like I'm going to pick AJ Brown and Julio Jones right now. Aren't you, or, or are you going to go somewhere else? Like you want to do for sake of the exercise, or do somebody else besides them? I mean, we've ne- they've never been
1: on the field together.
3: Yeah. How about Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen? I, I mean, they're right up there with it, no doubt about it. I mean, that that's they're a part of the next group. Them DK DK and Tyler Lockett up there in Seattle. I think they're in that conversation, even though it wasn't the greatest year last year I think Mike Evans and Chris Godwin still got to be in that conversation as well like they're just they're difference makers so I look at them as being in that category right um OBJ and Jarvis Landry if OBJ could be healthy have the potential to be that but we haven't really seen that yet but I think those are the ones right off the bat that jump out to me that are at least in the class of Julio and AB anybody else jump to your mind I you know I'm
1: I'm uh, Pete has put together a list of them I I just there aren't two that I just say wow bang pow the, the, those guys are combined now you've got teams that maybe have you know you throw in a tight end like the Chiefs like I'm not going to say Tyreek Hill and right. Nicole Hardman but you throw in Travis Kelsey and it becomes it a lot wow more attractive. right but but just talking about receivers that may be it all right let's try this the most up-and-coming receiver duo in the NFL is who Ooh. up-and-coming
3: I'm I'm gonna go with one you've heard me talk about before. Ooh, I don't know here. You know what? I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh and Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. You know, I. It, oof, that's a, it's a tough one. It, it, to me, it's between them or Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and that combination there. What about what about Jamar Chase and T Higgins in Cincinnati? Well, that is definitely an up and comer. Yes, I mean that that has a chance to be special. You got a guy that's fast as hell and can do everything, and then you got this big giant and T Higgins who can just beat you with pure size and everything like that. Uh, with but I think the one I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson and Clay- Chase Claypool. The only reason I'm hesitating on that is because they have a third in Juju, where I get worried he might steal some of their stats or things like that. But, man, I'm a big fan of Deontay Johnson of what he can do as far as route running, can beat you deep and do stuff like that. And then you know what I think of Chase Claypool. I mean, I think he's an absolute bona fide superstar. Uh, so, I guess I'll go with those two there. It, it's a close one, though.
1: There was just something last year. With, with Chase Claypool, whether it was Ben Roethlisberger couldn't get the ball down the field or they didn't want to give him too much too yeah. soon in his career, right. I don't know. But if they fully embrace Chase Claypool, he's got the potential to be a superstar. Mine was and will be, who did I say, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. How about this one, most underrated receiving duo in the NFL? Let me go first on this one because this one jumped off the page at me and I think this is the right answer and I bet you're going to agree with me. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Ooh, most that, underrated. It's
3: a really good one. It is. I guess I have them written down as one of the great duos here for sure. And they are underrated because Keenan Allen is all the catches. He might not be as sexy with the highlight type plays, but he's an amazing receiver. And Mike Williams a little the same way. I don't know why he gets lost in the shelf. I know he was banged up a little bit last year too and had some injuries, but I, I'm with you. I think they are one of the more underrated ones. I think the one I'm going to go is the most underrated. And doesn't to me is towards the top of football, and the be, I left them out of the conversation here because I didn't want you to steal them later. Is is the DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson one uh, in Carolina? That's, That's another yep. one that I look at to go. I mean, those are both thousand yard receivers and like highlight making type talents. To where I look at them as probably the most underrated or at least talked about.
1: I mean, to the point where Curtis Samuel leaves in free agency, and it's just kind of like, like oh, okay, we still got we still, we still got, got DJ Moore two. and Robbie Anderson. <laughs> right, right.
3: The Batman in most need of a Robin is who? When I think of the wide receivers, just you know, when we keep it strictly to wide receivers, I, I, I want to say Tyreek Kill. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, the Devonte Adams and DeAndre Hopkins come to my mind certainly. But I feel like if Tyree Kill had, like, a Sammy Watkins where we thought he was supposed to be Sammy Watkins and healthy and just hitting on all cylinders, like, I just I wonder how much more dangerous he could be. You know, I mean, McCole Hardman's been good, but not quite as good as I at least would have expected. And you could tell not as good as they expect because they take him out of the lineup times and Demarcus Robinson's in there and everything like that. But if they had another, like, Unreal number two receiver next to Tyree Kill right now. I, I guess I just go, wow, that would be scary. I know they got good, but I don't know if it's a, a Robin good to to classify it that way.
1: I know they got some faith in Byron Pringle, and yeah, I don't know if right. that's a result of Nicole Hardman not being what they thought. So Pringle looks good in comparison but they really like Byron Pringle, and we'll see what he can develop into this year. You mentioned Devontae Adams. I mean, I I look at that question of which Batman needs a Robin. If I'm Batman at the receiver position, I want another Batman. I I want Julio Jones if I'm A.J. Brown. I want Reggie Wayne if I'm Marvin Harrison. I I want Torrey Holt if I'm Isaac Bruce because that's the best way to pump up your own game, not to have a guy who's who's your number two because – that guy's going to get all the favorable matchups. I want pick your poison. And the I, only way you do that is with a couple of
3: Batman. I, I, I or think yeah. It be Batman. Yeah, Batman, or Batman, it's plural, it's plural, know. it's Batman. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm here. I think the common thought and I, I heard like receivers say this back when I played every now that you think, oh, if we have two number ones, then I won't get the ball as much. And you go, no, no, no. There's plenty of balls to go around. Wes Welker caught 120 passes, and Randy Moss still caught 70 or 80, you're, like you're talking about, Reggie and, and Marvin. There was, there's plenty to go around. And like you said, it, I think that's the key, is when you have another Batman to your Batman, then you don't get the – you might get favored in certain situations or, oh, it's third and four. They like to work this receiver, so maybe we'll double him here. But you're right. You have a better chance of seeing more favorable coverages that way when there's a true stud on the other side of you.
1: Yeah, even if you get fewer balls, it's a lot easier. Every it's going to be bigger play plays to get open. Yes, you're right. going to get open. Right. you're not going to you're not going to have the same hassle when you've got multiple guys trying to keep you from doing what it is you want to do. The most balanced offensive quartet, quarterback, running back, two receivers in
3: the NFL currently, are who, Chris? it's it, it, it's 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 either I, I think I know we haven't seen Tennessee but it's hard for me to not say them your Minnesota Vikings I think are definitely I mean you know it's a lot like the Tennessee combination it's like whoa it's two number one receivers and maybe the second best running back in football you know with a good quarterback mm, I think I'm I'm going to the Seattle one lacks the running back to me to be, like, in quite in that class. Am I, I don't think I'm missing – I mean, Dallas, we haven't mentioned, you know, them with C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. Um, I, I still think I'm going to go Julio and A, uh, A.J. Brown here with, with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry.
1: I, and, you know, I'm surprised you haven't started blowing the horn, but – Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin it's Jefferson, good. Adam Thielen. I know offensive line needs to hold its own. Irv Smith needs to take advantage of the openings now that he's the yeah, primary tight right. end. Defense needs to. It's good get a little better than it was last year, but but that foursome. I, I don't. Oh, well, I, look, I mean, we've seen I,
3: it. That's where you got. You have the advantage with your pick there. You're right. We haven't seen Julio right. and everything like that, but. I, either way, I look at it as special and special. that That's for sure. You know, there's a lot of ones that are real close to it, right? I mean, you know, hey, when you talk about Mike Evans, Chris Goblin, Brady, and it's just the running back doesn't quite match maybe some of the other ones we're talking about here. The Browns have the potential to be OBJ, Landry, Baker, Nick Chubb. I mean, wow, that could be really special too. There's some good ones out there. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, you know, uh, Cam Akers. Not not bad there with Matthew Stafford. So there's there's certainly you know some offenses and some talent to go around in this discussion. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, you know we mentioned the one LA team as an underrated duo in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. When you throw in Tutu Atwell and Deshaun Jackson, and solid. Matthew Stafford, Ooh, baby. That, that could be very compelling. And if only they had listened to Jalen Ramsey and gotten Julio Jones. <laughs> I still, I still, I'm still surprised that that players who are among those responsible for huge cap numbers don't understand that there's only so many that a team can have. And uh, hopefully Les Sneed or Sean McVay will have that conversation with Jalen Ramsey. It's just like, yeah, we'd like to have him too, but you can't, you can't get every great player who happens to be available. Right. All right, uh, let's go ahead and take a break. Sad news from the Giants organization on the passing of Jim Fossil at the age of 71 will reflect on his career as a, team, as a guy who took the team to Super Bowl 35. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live.
2: You got the crosshairs, you got the you got the laser, you put it right on my chest, I'll take full responsibility. I'm raising the stakes right now. This is a poker game. I'm shoving my chips to the middle of the table. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants in? Get in. Anybody wants out? Get out. Okay? This team is going to the playoffs.
1: The all-in speech from Jim Fossil. 2000. They went to the playoffs. They went all the way to the Super Bowl, losing to the Ravens in Super Bowl 35. Yeah. Jim Fossil died of a heart attack at the age of 71. His son John confirmed it to the Los Angeles Times. 97 to 2003. 58-53-1. Giants contenders every year. That was as they emerged from that post-Parcells punk, Chris. Right. That... They found their footing with Fossil after 2003 shifted to Tom Coughlin and obviously won a couple
3: of Super Bowls with him. But Fossil was an important bridge to what the Giants would become under Coughlin. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, Fossil kind of, like, rejuvenated the organization. You're right of that, like, post-Parcells hangover. What are they? There was a few years in flux there with the quarterback situation. And Fossil, like, brought attitude back to the New York Giants coaching you know, he he had he was he was a little bit of a showman. He wasn't afraid, like we just saw in that clip there, wasn't afraid to make bold statements and talk to the New York media and talk tough back to them when they talked tough to him. You know, that's again, that's kind of what we like up here in New York. That's what we expect from our Giants coaches. So uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him, and some of those were some of the. Yeah, great games. I grew up, you know, after my dad retired, going to some of these Jim Fossil games, them beating your Minnesota Vikings butts in that NFC Championship game was one of the coolest games I was ever at. But he has a really special place in my heart, Jim Fossil. He ran my, he ran my pro day before I came out in the NFL draft. He was the guy who ran my workout for me. I've known him since I was 10, 11 years old. He was my dad's quarterback Look at coach. Sean Payton. My right? God. Hang on crazy? a second. Did you go see ahead. Sean Payton? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry to interrupt don't you. Worry. I was stunned to see that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, let's go back it and watch. Again. It. Look let's at go that. Ahead. There he is. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, just such a special guy. And I think that, you know, I could speak for the whole Sims family. And I don't think anybody taught my father, me, uh, or anything what we do as far as quarterbacks more about mechanics and throwing the football more than Jim Fossil. He was really one of the more underrated offensive minds and quarterback whisperers uh, of the league there for a, for a period of time. Don't know if he quite get credit for that, but man, I'm, I'm heartbroken to see that he passed away and, and really my heart goes out to their family. The world football league of 74 and 75. He was player coach for the
1: Hawaiians and he threw the last pass in the last game in WFL history. Uh, and, we see so many head coaches get second opportunities, and I've had people ask me over the years, you know, what, what Jim Foss? I mean, l- l- far lesser coaches, coaches who didn't take teams to the Super Bowl like Hugh Jackson right, found their way back to
3: a sideline.
1: It really is strange to me that Jim Fossil never got that opportunity.
3: I'm with you. I mean, from the results we saw, I mean, first off, yeah, tough situation with the Giants, had a number of situations where – yeah, the team was kind of stumbling or, you know, stubbing their foot or whatever else, their toe. And he got them back with his leadership and rallying cries. To me, that was like, the, you know, the, one of the special things about Jim Fossil. And they played tough football. They really did. And, and yeah, you would think with, like, you know, the, this era we've been in for the last 20, 25 years, a quarterback, quarterback, we need a quarterback whisperer, a guy that has offensive ideas. Fossil was that. And that's where I'm I'm with you. I'm a little surprised he never really got a second crack at it either.
1: Coach of the year in 1997, his first year as the head coach. Pretty good start to his career. And then it was just a few years later that he took the team to the Super Bowl. And again, 58-53-1. Guys with lesser records and lesser accomplishments ended up getting second chances Man. in the NFL. He was a two-time UFL champion, if you remember that league. It was around for a couple of years. The football was pretty good. The uniforms were horrible or beyond hideous but the football actually you know there's plenty of guys out there who don't make it onto an nfl roster who can still play football and we're seeing these other leagues realize that now chris but uh um, yeah, the, the yeah. UFL, I enjoyed watching those games as long as, uh, I found an old black and white TV. So I didn't have to really yeah. appreciate the God awful uniforms. Yeah. So,
3: uh, anyway, you got, what else you got? Well, I was just, gonna, you know, he's, he's like just such an awesome personality that I was always around. Always made me feel good. You know, always included people in the room, made everybody feel like they're involved in the conversation. His son, John, I mean, there's there's a reason he's successful. Yeah, it's because his father raised him the right way, taught him how to work, do those things. He treats people the right way just like his father. You know, Mike, here's a crazy story. Like this this is this is crazy actually. 1992, there's a preseason game. I'm in the Giants locker room after the game, right? I'm actually back in the training room. My dad and Hosteller are battling it out, right? For the starting quarterback job. It's a big thing here in New York City. Sims or Hosteller, Hosteller or Sims. It's, it's all anybody could talk about. I don't know why I'm waiting for my dad. Usually he tells me, go back there and wait for me in the training room. So, you know, it's where the guys are taking, an, you, know, you know, the tape off their ankles and looking at their injuries after the game or whatever. And I'm kind of in a back office there. And Jim Fossil's there, and he comes in, and he's talking, and blah, 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 Oh, hey, Chris, great to see you. How you doing, blah, blah, blah. He looks at me, and this is the middle of a quarterback battle. And he goes, you know, he goes, you know what? He goes, your dad. Your dad's going to be the starting quarterback. You know that? Your dad's going to be the starting quarterback. And I was like, okay, okay. I kind of just brushed it off. And then a few days later, and my dad has no idea, a few days later, my dad starts to go, you know, I, th- I think they're going to name me the starter here. I, and I went, you know, Dad, Jim Fossil the other night was saying this stuff to me. And he was like, really? Like, he was, like, shocked. But I think, like, Jim Fossil was kind of trying to tell me so I would tell my dad to let him know, like, hey, you're, you're in the leader house. You're going to be the starter. But I don't know, not that maybe I'm blabbering, but I just thought that was a cool story and it's something that I'll always remember him by.
1: I now must know. Yeah. Did he tell you that before or after you filled Jeff Hostetler's shoes with shaving cream?
3: <laughs> it, was, it was around that time frame. Uh, it was either – I can't remember. Maybe, if, maybe
1: he told you. Maybe he told you because he saw you do he it. He do it the first time. He was time. like, Christopher, like, you don't need to, do you to do it. Your dad's going to be the starting quarterback. You're you right. don't need to keep doing that.
3: I can't remember if I filled his – his cleats with shaving cream in 91 or 92, but it was around <laughs> that time frame for sure. <laughs>
1: I just wish there had been surveillance footage <laughs> might have that been. was still available <laughs> yeah. of, of little Christopher Sitting there looking at those shoes, the gears turning in his head, the devil (laughs) on the left shoulder, the angel that probably was laying, yeah, the devil on each shoulder. And you shake that can up of barbasol, and that sound it makes that filling the shoes up. I was was, laying
3: on the ground doing homework, Mike. I was doing homework. And nobody was around.
1: Explains why you ate a hamburger (laughs) off the floor
3: of LaGuardia. The (laughs)
1: germaphobe laying on the ground of Of an NFL locker room. Good
3: God! I'm on the ground doing my homework. My dad's back doing whatever, and it just like the bulb went on. And I was sitting there, and it's like I came out of my textbook, and I looked up, and I went, "Wait, I remember a story my dad told me about shaving cream and guys' cleats." There's Hostetler's cleats. Let me go get him and teach him a lesson. So that's it. But Jim Fossil, right. man, great career. Sorry to see him go. Really uh, enjoyed my time with him and, and and really found him to be a great person with a lot of fun to be around.
1: Uh, I, I, just a stunner too at 71. Man, so uh, condolences to the family, to the Giants organizations, to all of his players and colleagues, and uh, anyone who who knew and worked with Jim Fossil. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll have more PFT live right after this.